world is going through an expansion of consciousness, a changing of the ages, and many of us are on an awakening journey. I want to explore what all of this means and share people's personal stories so we can relate, enjoy the mystical experiences, and perhaps connect some more dots. Everyone's journey is completely unique. I'm your host, Wendy, and this is Light Always Wins. So today I'm sharing my own story with my friend Allison, and I really appreciate her being with me to uh, do this. It took me a while to get to the point where I could share my own story. That was always my intention is to do that here. So um, finally, finally gonna do it. Uh, It's been an intense ride for me. So, um, you know, sometimes it can be hard to bring up painful memories from the past but I've grown and learned a lot from what I've been through and I feel like it could be valuable to share so here we go on the last podcast I kind of shared stuff about me so today we're gonna learn about Wendy (laughs) yeah yeah so I'm Wendy I uh I'm a farmer in New Hampshire and I've been on sort of a wild journey my whole life. (laughs) Um, So I'll just give you a little background on like kind of some things I went through before I I really started accelerating on my spiritual journey. And so um, I grew up in Texas and I applied to go to an art school in Boston and I got in and I moved to Boston by myself, found roommates and went to school for a couple years, ran out of money and ended up playing music and punk bands and like working retail. And, um, I found my husband through playing music and it was a very kind of romantic story. That's a whole other story, but it was <laughs> kind of cool. Cause we both just kind of knew we were going to get married. So we got married like six months after meeting each other and moved into an apartment, like out of like out in East Boston where hardly anybody lived because it was like the only place we could afford to live without having like eight roommates. And then we were like, all right, Boston's just rough. Like it's so hard to just make a living here and just live how live comfortably. So let's move. So we moved to Austin, Texas, because I just kind of felt like going closer to home. I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, and Austin was kind of like a cool city. And I'd been there on tour and stuff and really liked the people. So picked up everything and moved down there. And we seriously just flew by the seat of our pants. My, my husband had a one man band. So we toured our way down for gas money. And when we got to my mom's house, we stopped for a couple days and the transmission on our van went out. (laughs) My husband was like, we're not living with your mother. We're going to put everything in a U-Haul and we're going to keep going. And I was like, what? Because we had nowhere to live, no jobs. And so we just went down to Austin. Uh, I wanted to live in a house and he was like, there's no way we're going to find a house for like the amount of money we want to pay. And 
So sure enough, we pull up to this like one bedroom cottage with a for rent sign in the yard. And I call the guy to see if we can check it out. And he said, hey, the locksmith's there right now if you just want to go in. So we go in, (laughs) we say, we'll take it. I said, can we move in today? And he said, well, we need to paint it and put up some blinds. Um, So I'll knock some money off your security deposit and you can move in today. So we have no car, but the bus runs right in front of this house and it takes you to this costume shop. Um, So I worked in like a costume shop for five or six years in Boston. And so there's this one that was almost identical to it in Austin and I had, I knew about it because my bosses were like, there's this store in Austin and we can't believe it. it's almost like the same exact thing. So I take the bus down there, get a job. Like, I mean, everything just fell into place. And it was like, we had, we just had nothing planned, but it, it made me feel like it was where we were supposed to be. Yeah. So we, you know, we figured everything out and, um, this place had a front yard and it had, it was like four little cottages in a block. And then there was a backyard big enough to fit four more cottages. Oh, wow. and so I started a raised bed garden in the front yard and then another one and another one until I filled the whole front yard. And my neighbors were like, Hey, do you want to take over the backyard? And I was like, yeah. So- <laughs> I started this huge garden in the backyard and then I found somebody just like a 10 minute bike ride across town who had a house that they had turned into a recording studio and the backyard was full of raised beds not being used. And so I took that over too. And I started selling vegetables at the farmer's market. So uh, then we were like, all right, well, don't let me skip this part. So we're in Austin and my, um, it was interesting that we ended up in Texas because my dad ended up getting sick. He had mouth cancer Mm. and he ended up passing away after going through all kinds of cancer treatments and stuff. I mean, it was, it was brutal. He had like his tongue and it's parts of his jaw cut out. And like, it was just so hard to see him go through all of that. But you know, he wanted to try to do whatever he could. So, so I was down there to be there for, for that, you know, for that to happen. Um, and then we, as we kept doing this, like farmer's market thing, we were like, you know, it'd be cool to actually own land and like start a farm, like a real, like a bigger farm, but Texas was crazy. It was like always in a drought there were people moving there like crazy and the land prices were really high. And we had visited North Carolina because my husband's sister was an, uh, got her first nursing job there. And we were in Asheville and just like fell in love because it was raining. The weather was mild. The mountains were beautiful. And we found this little town called Marshall outside of Asheville that was pretty affordable. So we dropped everything in Austin and we moved to North Carolina with a tent, like a really nice tent, a canvas, a big canvas Uh tent and like an air mattress. And we went camping for three months while we looked for land. So (laughs) 
it's wow. funny because when we got there, I found out that I couldn't get a loan to buy a house and land. And it's actually really, really hard to get um, just a land loan. So we had to find land. We decided we'd look for land that's owner financed. And my husband is like the one that's always kind of the he sort of initiates the changes with us. And, and like, I am resistant a little bit, but I know deep down, like it's a good idea. So he helps me get through it. <laughs> and so, uh, we're in North Carolina and we are just like, all right, we got to find a place that we can finance through the owner. And my husband's like, I'm not renting a place. If we rent a place, we'll never buy a place. And so we find five acres and we're able to owner finance it. And then we find these like sheds on the side of the road that look like adult playhouses. Like they have front porches and stuff. I don't know if you have those over in Nevada, but they're oh. everywhere on the East coast, um, out in rural areas and you can like rent to own them. So we, we got one of these sheds put on our land and we set up rainwater collection. We had a, a generator. We built a composting toilet and an outhouse, and we just lived off the grid for uh, for about a year and a half total. And we would go and we started farming the land, and and we would go to my husband's parents' house um, in the winter time because it was just too brutal to stay in our place in the winter. And they live in Massachusetts, so we would we would take a little road trip up there, and. Um, so then we were, once we had some equity in this land, we were able to get a construction loan. So I designed a house and we built a house on the land what? behind the shed. And um, then we just weren't totally fitting in in North Carolina. Like, I don't know, we just couldn't, there were great people there, but it was just, it just didn't fit. Right. And New England was sort of calling our names. So we sold our house, uh, sold it in two weeks. Cause like the housing market was crazy. I didn't hire a realtor. I was like, wow, they're not getting my money. <laughs> I can sell this house. That's legit. <laughs> and so, I don't know if you're seeing a theme yet, but <laughs> like everything has been DIY, like on my journey, like do it yourself learn the hard way, trust the fucking universe. I mean, yep. I don't, when I look back, I, I don't remember feeling like I was trusting the universe that much, but I, I always did. I always had this knowing that I would be taken care of yep. as long as I was doing the right thing. Yep. And so, you know, ultimately, like, as we followed our hearts, we ended up wherever we needed to be. And we ended up figuring it out, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, there's always like weird little coincidences that would happen, but it's funny because in Austin, everything fell into place. North Carolina was a lot harder, but I think we were also like going through our Saturn returns where you kind of go from you, you transform into adulthood and you're like figuring out what you're doing. And so I feel like that was a part of it, but it's also like, it just wasn't where we needed to stay. So, um, 
we sold the house and just moved in with my husband's parents while we looked for a place in New England. And we found the place that we're at now. And that wasn't going to work out. Um, I think it was another like uh, it was a tax issue with loans and stuff. I had to wait on some forms to come in to be able to file my taxes to get the loan. It was ridiculous. But um, so there was sort of a, a delay in getting this place. I can't remember exactly how long, but it was just delayed. And then my whole fucking world changed because I got a call. It's going to be hard for me not to get emotional. Of course. I got a call that, um, so maybe I should back up a little bit. <laughs> Give me a little backstory. So I grew up um, working in my grandmother's jewelry store before I left and went to art school. And um, my mom is a twin. She had a twin brother um, who was bipolar, supposedly. I don't really know all of his things. He could have other things going on but just basically would absolutely lose his temper, like, like very scary. Um, so he, he lived in the jewelry store that I worked at as a kid that my grandmother owned. And I was really close to my grandmother. She was like the sweetest lady on earth, but, um, you know, a customer would come in and complain about something and he would just go to the back of the store and start like shooting off guns and like really scary stuff. And I got to the point where I was like, I can't be here. I don't feel safe. And I'm, I can't even worry about offending anybody. I have to leave. So I stopped working there when I was like maybe 17. I worked there from like 14 to 17 or 18. And I went and got a shitty job at Cracker Barrel. Working at a jewelry store was so much sweeter than being a waitress at Cracker Barrel. But, you know, it was uh, better than accidentally being shot or something. And it's weird because my uncle never fully directed his rage at any person. It was always at objects like smashing things. I had a piano at my grandmother's house. Um, it's funny for some reason, she just kept buying piano. There were like three pianos in her house, <laughs> but, uh, she, she would find deals or whatever from antique people. And I don't know, but he chopped one up. He got so mad. He chopped up a whole piano mm. and then it was like, every time he did something, he would he would have to do something really, really nice to make up for it. And his family and friends like always forgave him because it was like, we know you have issues, you know, and we also know that you have a really good heart. So they, they would always forgive him. Um, and so he lived with my grandmother, like most of his life. And then my grandmother passed away. And then he moved in with my grandfather and he had some crazy episode where he, um, it's kind of a long story, but basically he like threw a cinder block through their plate glass window and like tried to hang himself off the roof. And the 
I don't know, it was just nuts. And um, he got taken away to like a, a mental hospital. And when he came out, my grandfather was like, there's no way you're coming back to my house. So he went to my mom's house. And my mom, I always said to my mom, like, please, please, no matter what, never, ever take David in, please. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he came to her house crying and she didn't know what else to do. So she let him stay there. And my mom was also, she was single and she was lonely and her and her brother had a really tight connection because they're twins. And so she was helping him more than I feel like he was doing better than he ever had been doing, but he still was strange. So my grandfather passed away and I go to Texas to visit for the funeral. And my uncle is living with my mom and my husband's like super freaked out about me going down there just because he's heard all the stories. And I was like, if he gets mad or something, I'll leave. Don't worry. It'll be fine. You know? And, and he was, he seemed okay, you know, but he was still just acting really strange. Like he'd go in the backyard and like scream crazy things and like, it's just like my mom would just kind of shrug it off, you know? And, um, so he, he sort of, I guess he started to go downhill again. And at this time, um, we were staying with my husband's parents and, and I remember telling my mom, like, when I visited for my grandfather's funeral, I said, if he gets mad, I know he's doing well right now, but if he gets mad, just like, you need to kick him out. Like, do not let him stay here. And she was like, what are you just, why? and I was like bawling, I was crying. And it was kind of weird. It was kind of out of nowhere. Right. And she was like, why are you so upset? Like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. And I was like, okay, but, um, it was just, it was weird. I feel like as he was staying with her, she wasn't letting me know that she was scared and she was protecting me, you know, from worrying about her. And so, um, so finally I get the call. Um, I'd been out for a walk and my cousin called me like three times and I didn't have my phone with me. And she's like, do you know what's going on? Call me. And so I call her back and, um, I thought maybe like he, he hurt her, you know, or, but I couldn't even imagine. She said, David killed your mom. And I was in such shock (laughs) that I didn't, I didn't immediately react at all. Like I literally just couldn't believe it (laughs) because it's so far, even knowing him, it it was just so far from the reality. I understood Mm -hmm. that I just couldn't believe it. It took, it took a long time for me to believe it. Like, and that was, I think that's a part of 
when when big traumatic things happen, like it takes a while for our brain to yeah. compute. <laughs> and it's 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 rough. I mean, I was having like nightmares and stuff. Like I I couldn't, I don't know like if it's if this happens with a lot of people, but I would have to see what happened to her, like in my mind to be able to accept you know that it was real right so what's wild is when this happened i feel like i don't know exactly how to describe it but i don't know if it's a fragment of my soul but something fucking got the fuck out of my body oh yeah (laughs) shot out into the universe and all of a sudden I could see why everything in my family had happened and and like and I also had this knowing that what happened was karmic yeah and it was really strange but my mom was obsessed with ghosts and psychics and the other side and angels and it just I couldn't help but feel like she would be more comfortable <laughs> in that realm, which brought me some comfort. Um, and she left all these books behind, you know, and I, I took them. <laughs> um, and so it was just, it was the weirdest moment of my life. <laughs> it was wild. And you know, kind of a, another uh, interesting thing that happened when I was going through this is, um, you know, I like I said, my dad had passed away before and I would like, my dad was a golfer and I would randomly find golf balls. Mm-hmm. Um, like I found them in the field when we moved into our house when it was like, I picked it up and I felt like he was saying congratulations. And then like, I found one in the field when we sold our house (laughs) and it was like the same message. And then like, I was really worried after we sold our house about what we were going to do when the deal on this house had fallen through. And I was walking through the woods and I was looking for mushrooms and I see this white thing on top of a little bluff in the middle of the woods. And I'm like, Ooh, is that a big mushroom? I walk up and I, it's a golf ball. No. Yeah. And I, I hear, don't worry, it's going to be okay. So right after this happened, um, my uncle had stolen my mom's car and taken off and nobody knew where he was. And then the police were like looking for him and tracking him. And I thought he was coming up. They spotted him in North Carolina. I'm in Massachusetts. I thought he was driving up the coast to like apologize or something. Um, I didn't know, but everybody was getting the feeling that he was coming my way. So I didn't want to see him. And I had my family leave and we went and stayed with my sister-in-law. So we go to my sister-in-law's and we're like, let's go get some dinner. And we're, it feels so fucking wild to do anything normal. <laughs> like after you've heard this news, you're just like zombie mode. Like, okay, take me where I need to go. I'm not here anymore. 
but we're walking down the street and, you know, I'm just kind of like staring at the ground and I noticed this golf bag um, next to this bench. I don't see anyone around and the front pocket is open and it's just full of golf balls. And it was like, it was like, he was saying like, it's, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I'm sending you so much love. Like it's going to be okay. So it's wild. It's just like, I, I always was kind of in touch with spiritual stuff, but this really, really dragged it out of me because yeah. you, it almost was like a death for me too. Cause it was like my whole re- reality crumbled because yeah. it was just so sudden, you know, like when things are very sudden and unexpected, you just have to re re, uh, analyze everything. Yeah. So, um, so right after this, I, we actually got the deal to go through, um, on our property in our house. And it was interesting how that got delayed because we ended up needing to close on the house two weeks after my, this happened to my mom. Oh, wow. So I was in Texas and I was like, I got to go back home and like sign papers and move. And, um, and it was actually like the best thing that could have happened because I needed this place so much. So I live like in the middle of the national forest in New Hampshire. And like, we have 26 acres. There's a brook running through the farm. There's berry bushes and apple trees. And we live in this like 200 year old house, but it's just like our dream farm. We literally wrote everything we wanted on paper and like put it out in the universe. And we found it and we found people who wanted this land to be farmed. And they were like, so happy to pass it along to us. And the woman who used to live here, um, she had passed away and it was her kids who sold the house. She was a painter and she had this little scene painted of outside the window of like the barn and their horses and her garden. And I said to her son, if we buy this house, I would love a copy of that painting. And when we moved in, it was just sitting there for us. They left it here for us. So it was the first painting I hung up and she was an activist too. She, she kept, um, people from bringing, it's a long story, but she's, she's just sounded like a really cool woman. And, um, I know her spirit lives on here. And I, I honestly feel like she helped bring us here (laughs) as well as my neighbor. My neighbor was just praying for somebody to come here and farm. Wow. And, And I just felt like so many forces going, the same direction that like made it happen, you know? And so it was like, I had my healing sanctuary when I needed it. And it was September when we moved in. So it was getting close to fall. Um, and fall was my mom's favorite time of year. She was obsessed with Halloween. She used to visit me in Salem when I lived in Boston every year for Halloween. Oh yeah. And I definitely feel she's been told, she had been told before that she had a past life as a witch in Salem and that I was there and one of her friends were there. And so that I used to always take things like that with a grain of salt. I I used, I've always been very rational 
I've had like some sort of deep um, knowing always, but I, I would never let myself get too woo woo. Um, I'm a very earthy person and that's changed a lot, (laughs) but, um, I, I, you know, when she told me that story, I was just like, oh yeah, this lady probably knows you love Salem. And she's just telling you that, you know, like I just kind of brushed it off, but then she left me this book. Uh, Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss. And so when I read that, I started to think, huh, maybe there is something in Salem because I had this deep knowing about the karma. And I was just like, I need to figure out what is it? What is it? You know, like I need answers. And um, so that led me into past lives. And then I, I, which just like Googled past lives and, or I think I looked it up in the podcast app and I found Gina's podcast past lives and the divine. And, um, I did one of her, uh, guided past life regressions that's recorded. And I didn't get to that life. That was the thing I had emailed her. I was like, what if you have a specific life you think you might've had that you want to go to? And she said, well, I don't know. That might be putting like a lot of pressure on it, you know? Yeah. And I was like, totally, I get that. So I have a friend, my friend Stevie, who's been on the podcast. Um, she suggested this woman who does past life readings with cards and these cards she made herself. They're really cool. Her name is Laura Bogan. Um, you can just book a reading with her through Etsy. So, um, I got a reading from her and it was interesting because I think I had the, I didn't like consciously make an intention, but I deep down had the intention to try to figure this part out with karma. So this is the life where she took me to Atlantis and I was a magician. And then she said that there, there was these three cards that came up. One looked like split in half. It was kind of like yin and yang. It was like two energies. And then one said karma. And then the next one said neutral. And she said, there's something karmic that happened here, but it's not yours. And she's like, there's two people here. She's like, I kind of want to say it's twins. And I see like a saloon type setting Mm. and there's a shootout and one in like somebody loses their family member. Mm. And she said, these two people travel through different lifetimes together to teach people lessons. And (laughs) it just blew my mind because, because it resonated so much, you know, and I, I just feel like having this greater understanding of karma and, um, possibly living other lives and just more of a deep spiritual connection helped me on my healing journey so much. (laughs) Everything came at the right timing. It was like one thing after another leading to another, but it kind of sounds like the veil was just like ripped off from you. Like, yeah, you don't have a choice. It's just like, you're going to, you can see beyond the veil now. And you're like, huh? Well, and then that leads me to, I'm going to have to write a book because there's so much stuff I'm even leaving out. But um, that leads me to my, spiritual awakening. So that was sort of the beginning 
but then it got even more intense. So leading up to the conjunction um, last winter, so my mom passed away late, like mid-August 2019. And then the conjunction um, of December, wait, hold on. Now I'm getting my years mixed. Time is just crazy. Especially last it was year. just 2020. It was, yeah, it was 2020, December, 2020. The big conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter. That was coming up. And from about October to December, I don't know what was happening, but my brain felt like it was just like expanding. And I had all of this new room and drive for knowledge. And I just was reading like crazy, like devouring books. Um, I was just like reading stuff about alchemy, um, you know, astrology, um, philosophy. It was it was just wild. And I felt this insane acceleration coming up to the conjunction and something in me kept saying, take Stevie's astrology course, take her course, take her course. So I asked if she was going to do it again in the winter. And she's like, well, it's all recorded. I can just send it to you. And so she sends me one episode and I'm like, all right, send me the next one. <laughs> and then I was like, just send them all to me. <laughs> I took her like six week course in a week. Wow. And it was just like, what was nuts is when I'm looking at my own chart and I'm like learning, you know, how to read the chart and stuff. I see with the transits that Saturn and Jupiter are about to conjunct on my sun and Venus. So my, my sun and my Venus are conjunct in my natal chart. And this was going to happen right on my sun and Venus in my chart. And so obviously I was super activated by that. Um, and so I had started following Lori Ladd it was interesting because I heard one of her videos where she was talking about how the 3D was going to crumble and we were going to elevate to 5D. And I literally had no idea what she was talking about. I was like, 3D, 5D. I was like, I don't really know what she's talking about, but deep down somewhere, this makes sense to me. And I just kept watching her and I really liked everything she had to say. I couldn't agree more. And then she had this thing called the shift the day before the con conjunction. It was like a meditation sort of, I don't know what to call it. Uh, for me, it was an insane activation. So um, I asked my husband, you know, my husband kind of started listening in on her too. And, and he thought it was interesting. And he had already been like into philosophy for a while. And I think he would get frustrated because I didn't really want to talk about it or didn't have the capacity to go there. And all of a sudden I'm like playing catch up, like, and he, and I'm like, wow, we can talk <laughs> like, <laughs> like we always could, but now it's even deeper, you know? So, um, I did her this meditation and my husband did it with me and it was interesting because we're in this really, really deep, deep state of meditation. And she had us like envision our past selves. And like, it was like a life review, like see what all you've been through and like, you know, have compassion for yourself and like 
you know, give, tell yourself like, good job for getting through all of this. And then you like envisioned your future self. And then there was this part where she called in, like, I think she said it was, I think it was light beings, like 12 light beings. And, um, my husband, so like I, I sneezed and we're in this really deep meditation and he, he hates when I like sneeze and stuff. It's kind of weird, but he's always like, come on, get hold of yourself. I'm like, dude, people got to sneeze, but he got up and he left. And I was like, I, at first second, I was like, damn it. Did I mess up his meditation? And then I was like, I don't care. I'm so deep in this. And this is like amazing. I have to keep going. So I went through the whole thing. And when the light beings came in and she had us call back all of our wounded or broken fragments of our soul. And when I called them back, I felt five fingers like tapping my, the right side of my forehead. It was like tingling and the right side of my brain, I could feel it reinflating. It was wild. It was like it had been shrunken and it just like reinflated. And that's like your, your intuition and stuff, you know, the divine feminine. And, um, so after this meditation, I'm like, why did you leave asking my husband? And he's like, when she called in the Arlians, he's like joking around. He's like, when she called in the Arlians, uh, you sneezed. And then I went out into the room and the front door had blown open. And I was like, are you serious? (laughs) And then for the next three days, two or three days, I was fucking tripping. I was looking out my window in this room. I have this huge picture window and all the clouds were eyes and angels and dragons and my dog's face and like all this stuff. Somebody called, called on the landline here and they were like, are you worried? It was weird. I don't know exactly what I went through. I actually what I think it is, this is what I've been trying to figure out and why I started this podcast. So I'm like, what the fuck did I go through? Um, it has been said that if you're not initiated and you, yeah. And you go through something like this, it can be, you can either like go psychotic or Mm -hmm. it could just be like this crazy ego trip. Um, there's different ways people have described it. And I guess maybe it was a Kundalini awakening. That's all I can compare it to. But, you know, I was getting, I like had access to the Akashic records for like three days. I like knew everything in the Bible. I was like, they're telling us this, but it's actually this, like, it was so weird. And Matt was like, yeah, Matt's the best, my husband. Cause he, was like, dude, how many women are like getting kicked out of their house today? Cause they went crazy after Lori Ladd's meditation. Yeah, right. He was like making jokes. And he was just like, we, and this is right before Christmas. We're about to go spend time with family. He's like, you got to like reel it in. Okay. And I was like, Oh, I'll be fine. I was like on this crazy high. I was just like, it's totally fine. Like I know why everybody has their wounds and I know where they need to heal. And like, I read everybody's astrological charts and like for his family and 
it was just wild. And, um, and then of course, when we go spend time with family, I came back down to earth after like a night of drinking. Yes. The next day I felt like a fucking devil. I was so, it was like the lowest low. It was awful. I was so irritable. It was just crazy. And so anyway, that was like the, the really craziest part of my awakening. And, and since then, uh, I've just been trying to catch up with what the hell did I just discover and, and reading more and confirming like all of these knowings that I have. And, and so it's interesting. Cause it's like, there was no initiation. There was no teaching. And it was just like, whack. <laughs> I was like, that was the initiation when, when like the veil was lifted, like to yeah. me, that's the word of initiation as you're saying that. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, what's wild is I just feel like when I look at my astrological chart, I know that I chose to live this life that I know that I chose it. I didn't, you know, like, I'm not saying I chose for my mother to be killed, but I know that karmically that was going to unfold. I knew there was things to learn from it. And then I, I know that there are things that I can help other people learn that I've learned from it. I feel like that is part of why it all happened. Yeah. And everyone has like their nexus points. And when you get into Dolores Cannon, cause you said you bought one of her books, right? Yeah. I haven't gotten it yet, but <laughs> yeah, she, um, she basically says like from all these past lives that she's seen or like that she's walked people through that they, they chose their life. They chose the people they're going to come with. They chose the parents, the family members. They chose the karma that is going to be played out mm-hmm. and healed and reconciled and all of that stuff. So, yeah, that's really intense, though. Like, I was just sitting here processing everything you said, and I had so many thoughts. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. But, I just like kept no, <laughs> no, go ahead. Absolutely. Is now I'm like compressing it all. I'm trying to digest it myself. It's a lot. I totally just dumped a lot, but it's, it is, a, it was a lot, you yeah. know, like, and it, I mean, the things that the first thing that I took away from it and, and I, so like, I just couldn't bring myself to have a funeral for her right away. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And when COVID hit, I was like, you know what? I, I can fucking believe anything now. At first, everybody's like, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm like, you mm-hmm. fucking try going through what I went through. Like anything's fucking possible. That's how I felt. And I felt like, okay, this is going to be a time for people to be at home, realize how important family is, go yeah. within be out in nature like nature has just been calling us back so hard and um so finally i i had a falling out with a friend kind of and i was starting to write to her and i realized all the messages i was writing for her were actually for me and then i also was like this is this is from my mom And I realized it was what I needed to say at her memorial. Wow. 
So I had her memorial on January 1st at 11, 11. And it was basically like, you need to choose you, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yes, we need to help people, but if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not resourced enough to, to do it, it's not going to go well. And that, that's what I felt like with my mom is that she like, God bless her for taking that on and feeling like she could fix my uncle, but there was so much she needed to do for herself that she didn't, you know? So, and that's, you know, it kind of goes along with all the stuff we're going through right now with, um, everybody, you know, saying like, you got to get the shot or whatever. It's like, we're being faced with this choice. Like, do we choose what's right for us? Yes. Or do we, do we sacrifice ourselves for somebody else? And then I don't know. It's just, it even feels kind of weird saying that, Um, I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying like, don't help other people, you know, it's definitely not what I'm saying, but if we, if we can't take care of ourselves, how are we supposed to take care of each other? And if we can't trust ourselves, why should we trust anyone else? Yes. Why are we trusting other people more than ourselves? Exactly. Like we have to choose us. We have to choose our path and stand on our path and stop. Cause that's like one of the things that I think we're breaking up. And like you said, our generation, because I don't, I don't do astrology so, so well, but like the Pluto, is that what it is? Yeah. Scorpio and Pluto or Pluto and Scorpio. Yeah. That's our generation. That's what we're here for. And we're here to break down the old systems. Now old systems is just do things for other people. Cause that's the status quo. Don't and just stifle your own dreams because that's not success. And we're like shaking it all up because success is choosing you and doing what is right for your soul. You don't have to like work, 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 work at like a stupid job that does nothing for your soul. And you do stuff that's for your soul. When some people like, I mean, I'm not saying don't work. I feel like I have to constantly like, I'm not saying this, I'm not saying that. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We gotta do what our soul wants us to do. And for each person's soul, it's gonna be a different thing. Yeah. And for like, you just, you have to do what your soul wants you to do. And you have to like bring creativity back into your life because mm-hmm. the creativity has been sucked out. And like, we're all in, like, we all have so much masculine energy from like the way of society, like of working, not having enough fun, more work, less fun, instead of the, like being in the feminine of being in the flow. Yeah. Going with things, trust, trusting your intuition and like birthing new experiences, birthing new perceptions birthing new energies like we need to incorporate that back in and that's what I feel is happening and it's really wild because I've met so I can't even tell you how many people I've met already that said during like the whole COVID stuff is when they had like the veil ripped off like yeah like not like a little peak like straight up like yeah. rip and to me what that signifies to me is that that is their initiation to new earth and new earth is just a new consciousness. I don't think like we're going to blip into a whole nother place and everyone else stays mm-hmm. here. It's yeah. a consciousness that we're cultivating and creating 
and we're doing it together and then we're going to bring in a new way of living because now our consciousness on a grand scale has shifted yeah so that's what it tells me um and something else that like i feel like was really valuable that i had learned prior to the, to losing my mom i had been doing yoga for like four years and wow. so i knew how to go within more than I realized because I didn't realize until I needed it. And I had, so I had practice in self-care and, and there was this awesome woman. They had, um, these people at the police department that were like, um, crime victim advocates. And this amazing woman called me and I clicked with her immediately. And, um, it's funny. Like I just talked to her every once in a while, but she could tell I was the type that was sort of just like, I got this, like, I'll come to you. Yeah. And, um, she, you know, she, she kind of reassured me. I, I talked to her recently and I was like, I haven't really gotten any therapy or anything. I, I just don't feel like I need it. I don't know. I feel like I've done really well. And she was like, not everybody does need it, you know, <laughs> like it's okay. But, um, but what I was going where, where I was going with that actually was I told those people, I was like, I, I'm fine. Cause they, they're like, are you eating? Are you drinking? Are you sleeping? And I was like, I'm eating, I'm drinking water. I'm trying to sleep. Um, and when I would try to sleep and I would like get the really scary, like visions of what happened in my head, I would instead take myself to the cornfield I farmed. And like, I would take myself there and just be there, you know, like I knew how to find peace, even though I could not escape the, the chaos that I was in. And I mean, this was like, while my uncle was still on the loose, like police were looking for him and stuff. Like so I, this came up for me today because I feel like right now people are really scared mm -hmm. and shit's getting crazy yeah. and we're being asked to go within, you yeah. know? And I, I had this really weird dream a couple nights ago. I was like visiting friends who lived in like a skyscraper apartment. It was like this really tall skyscraper, kind of weird because they actually live on a farm, but Anyway, we're up in this skyscraper and there's this crazy storm and the skyscraper starts like swaying back and forth and it starts to go one way. And I just was like, I knew that was it. And I just grabbed their hands and just like left my body. And I woke up with my whole body tingling. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was really wild, but it was kind of like yeah, like if you, if you're not afraid, it's sort of like the message was like how to conquer fear. And, and I feel like one way of conquering fear is to deeply know that your soul is infinite. Yes. You know, and that you, you really can take yourself out of any situation. You can go deep within whenever you need to. I mean, obviously, like there's there's a lot of possibilities out there. But what, what we're going through right now, um, I, th I think we can all get through it. We just need to work on our 
like our limbic system, like our fight or flight responses. And, and we need to just ground down and get real comfortable in our bodies because, um, we just really need to be embodied right now and, and know we are safe. Yeah. That's been the theme for me all week. I've straight up been sucked into the fear like all no, of- and don't make your don't feel bad about it like i don't want anybody to feel like they shouldn't no. be afraid i just say that in hoping that it can bring some sort of calmness hopefully yeah that's what i got at the end of it like after being in it for a week i'm like i'm gonna be fine my soul knew what i was gonna do sign up for this it was like i'm strong enough to handle this and help hold down the energy while this shit's happening and to realize that the stuff that I was afraid of was in my ego. And like, I've got this, this specific message. I can't tell you how many times, seven, eight times this week about letting go of old traumas and that we don't have to keep holding on to them. Me too. So the, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, and it's like the trauma of like, like I've, I, sh- I share this so many times, but like when I was a little kid and there's bombs going off and there's people with AK 47s, there's people lying in a pool of blood, there's explosions going to a bomb shelter at like three in the morning when you're six years old. And then it was just really crazy. And to see stuff similar, like it's not like that it, energetically, it feels similar to me to what's happening now. Obviously there isn't like explosions and like tanks all over driving down the regular streets with the energy it triggered the shit out of my early early childhood memories and i've been stuck in that trauma all week long like terrified like of concentration camps and like crazy stuff yeah fueling my own fears and like fueling to stay in state because it's like survival like i i have to know all the possible like situations so i can somehow protect myself yeah and after talking to some friends and like realizing we got this, we did choose this. We chose this because we knew we could handle it. Mm-hmm. Like we are here for this. I will be safe no matter what. And like, I'm not a little child, like I'm an adult now. So yeah. I can use my voice. I can say stuff. I can do something about it and it helped lift it. So yesterday evening is when the fear finally left, like from Monday to yet, like last night, it was just like, just like stuck on me. Like I could not get myself out. I even tried meditating. And like, I was just, wow. it, because it just, I needed to like disassemble that, like that early childhood memory. And like, I just had to make peace with it and let it go and not hold on to it. Not hold on to like, oh, this is gonna happen again. This is definitely the, the thing that's gonna happen because I've already experienced it before. And so just cause I experienced it before it doesn't mean it's gonna be like that now. We're in revolutionary times now. This is a right. whole, different things this is worldwide. This isn't in a little, you know, country in Eastern Europe where it's like isolated until a little thing. This is worldwide and we're all standing up together. And it's not just like a small population. It's the whole world. We're all connecting now. We're all like, I found you. Yeah. I find people. My best friend is in Belgium. I have a friend in Cyprus. Like this would have never happened, you know, like in the eighties, think about that. Like that wasn't the time for it. The yeah. And we're all standing up together at this time because we all came here for this time. And the thing to remember, too, again, is the self-care. And if we're feeding our brains with everything that's going on all the time, 
that's going to fuel the fear. And I realized that today I was on my phone and I was like, I, I mean, I get really sucked in. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I feel like a little phone addiction these days because you're just like, what's happening next, what's happening next. Right. And when I stop and I get off the phone, I mean, and I can't say that it's like this for everybody. It might be awful even when you stop and get off the phone, but like, is there a way that you can go do something you enjoy? Can you starve the fear and can you focus on something you enjoy doing or can you start to take action somewhere? And it's like, you know, it was just like when I was going through all this stuff with my mom, I couldn't, I couldn't think about what had happened 24 seven. No, I had to take break, breaks from it. And, oh, yeah. and I allowed myself to escape it and have happy moments and like, you know, do something I enjoy. I mean, that's how I got through it And it. You know what that is? It's just, I guess it's just loving yourself. Like you need to compassion, to really, hmm? the compassion for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you need to have that. And it's okay to take a break from all the stuff that's going on. And you will be better resourced if you do whenever you need to take action or for whatever you want to do. I mean, I, and it's interesting too. I I think everybody has different roles through all of this. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to be the take action type. Some people are just going to need to like hold their freaking light. You know, for me, I'm like a take action person. Um, but like, you know, I'm, I'm here with the food. When you guys need food, I'm here. <laughs> Everyone has their own gifts and their own, the, like their own purpose. Like you said, yeah. has their own purpose in this. Some people are going to be doing research and explaining stuff. Some people are going to be teaching. Some people are going to be lifting the energy. We're all doing it together in our own capacity. And it's all shifting together because of that. And it's, it's so beautiful to see too, because it's like all the different colors of the rainbow instead of just one color doing it one way. Mm. We're all blending together. We're yeah. all making a symphony. We're all hitting a different note on like the piano. Oh. We're all making, you know, a different instrument in the orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you mentioned the piano and symphony too. I also feel like music could be such a good way to get out of what's going on right now, you know, and like, um, just play music for however you are feeling and get it out. You know, (laughs) when I, when I was like, uh, grieving for my mom, like I, I took my piano from when I was a kid from her house and we drove all the way up from Texas to New Hampshire. And so I have my piano again. I started learning Beethoven songs. And at the end of Moonlight Sonata, there's this chord that's so fucking sad. <laughs> like the most melancholy chord ever. And when I would play it, my heart would just vibrate. Yeah. And like, it doesn't feel that way anymore. I really do feel like I was like healing something, yes. you know? So there's a lot to be said for music, which I I lately have been trying to like get the music going more, not do as many podcasts and information, just like try to just be present, try to stay in a positive mindset. Um, 
because like, you know, whatever dark forces are at play, they feed off our fear anyway. So why don't we starve them of it? You know? Yes. And like my fiance, God bless him. He's so freaking positive that sometimes I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> How do you have a thought in that head? <laughs> thoughts. And I'm just like, cause I've been through so much trauma. He hasn't like, he's had a pretty simple life, like not much trauma, like some stuff, of course, everyone has, yeah. but like he wakes up and every day is a brand new day. Every day is a happy new day. A fresh he's new like start. a dog. <laughs> and I'm just like, thank God for you because I need that because I'm not yeah. truly like, I'm not naturally like that. Yeah. Like, everything's going to be fine. Cause look, all this stuff has happened from the beginning of this whole crap to now we've been totally solid. We've been totally fine. Yep. We'll continue to be fine no matter where we are, no matter what's going on outside of us. We got to be happy and separate. And he can sit there and watch all these videos of Fauci and like laugh. And I'm just enraged. I'm like, where's my pitchfork? Like I'm fucking ready. <laughs> he's just like oh it's so funny he's so stupid and i'm just like how do you do that yeah like, i know just, he just doesn't take it to heart and he's just like just live your life go do things you like and he'll sit there he likes to code so like no matter what's going on in the world he'll sit there and code or make a website or make an app or do whatever the heck he likes and he's in his own vibratory like field over there yeah and nothing's disturbing him like no matter what's going on outside nothing is disturbing him and I'm like I learned so much from him because like wow. he's still grounded I'm I learned a lot from him oh <laughs> like, that's awesome he's not so much into like spirituality and stuff but like he gets the energies like on an energetic level he gets in and he's such an inspiration because it's like if I didn't have him oh man I'd be <laughs> I'd be fucked <laughs> <laughs> Like I am so good at helping other people, but then when I get like, who is it? Somebody said something that like, there was like some therapist and like, she ended up freaking out. There was like some kind of event in the office and she freaked out worse than anyone else. And it's like, she's a therapist and she helps people. But it's like, people forget that like, we're all people. Yeah. I have so much trauma. And the reason I even want to help people and like do hypnotherapy is because it's helped me with my trauma. So now I want to help other people. Yeah. And like compared to where I was before I started any healing to who I am now, I'm like 22 different people since then. Like wow. I've healed so many levels and so many layers. So it's just like, I, there's just more stuff to release and you yeah. can't give yourself a hard time. That's the other thing. You just can't give yourself a hard time when you're feeling down or when you're feeling like you get stuck in, you know, I, yeah. I'm on this all the, all the freaking time. And I used yeah. to never be on it. I would just read and meditate be outside and now I'm like always on my phone looking at stuff you can't control what you're seeing so it's like it's a bombardment so like that's like a big thing too that people don't realize is we pay a lot of attention to our phones we give too much attention to things outside of us and it makes it so much easier for us to get sucked into these paradigms and perceptions because Mm -hmm. we're stepping out of ourselves and stepping into like all these external things so that was like a big reminder to me to just like put it down and just give it a rest because we're constantly being influenced and that influence isn't coming from in here. It's yeah. coming from out here. I know. Like I was just looking earlier and I was like, oh my God, like the division. Sometimes it just can't. Just feels, uh, it feels like it's coming to like an apex or like 
Yeah, it is. It's you think you keep thinking that it's already gotten there, and then you're like, whoa, further dividing crazier and crazier. And I'm just like, all right, well, it's to the point where I'm not going to convince anybody who has a different opinion from me of being different. All I can do is have compassion for them and hope that whatever they're choosing is going to be the best for them. And I'm going to choose what's the best for me, but I'm not going to let other people choose what's best for me. No, that's the thing. Like my one friend, um, we've been friends for a while and she's super into that whole propaganda. I'll just call it propaganda. She's like wrapped up in it. So convinced of it. But I know for a fact that she has a lot of trauma that she does not touch on. She has never touched on. So to me, that makes sense that she she's not ready to see the truth because she hasn't seen truth about herself yet. Yeah. She, she's not ready to face the internal struggle. So she can't see the smoke and mirrors on the outside when she's put up so many smoke and mirrors inside from seeing the truth within her to reconcile and heal it. So it's like, I stopped getting frustrated and be like, oh, whatever. To just being like, she's, she has trauma to heal. And I really, really hope that she starts to, at some point, I hope she has a catalytic event that's not horrible, but something right. that can help her heal. Right. And I will always be there for her. Yeah. And like, I've had friends unfriend me because I post, I barely even, I don't I even get into that kind of stuff. Like I stay pretty neutral on my yeah. page and I've had people unfollow me because they have the complete opposite perception, but I don't unfollow them because what, why, why only surround yourself with people of your own perception? How are you going to grow? What yeah. are you going to learn? Because totally. even though they're so different from my perception, it helps me have compassion and understand other people's perceptions. Yeah. Like they're not all going to think like me. Everyone had different experiences. Everyone has different thoughts and emotions. And like, you can't surround yourself with people that are only like you. Yeah. That's like, that sucks. Like, why would you want that? Yeah. Um, And something you said struck a chord with me that I I, like, you know, I tried to um, talk to my family about this, all the stuff going on and they just can't get on my level, you know? And, and I even try to explain like, I feel like because of what I've been through, I've seen evil mm-hmm. and I can spot it anywhere now. Yep. And, and then it was pretty hurtful for them to not even like acknowledge that, you know, but I just have to realize it's not, it's not me. Like it's not my deal. Um, it took me a while to learn that. Like I definitely, uh, had, was just like, trying to talk to my family and, and making them more scared rather. I mean, I, I honestly feel like there's nothing I could have done. I think a lot of people just have to learn on their own and that's what we're going through. Like this is humanity's initiation right now. Yes. And we're here for it. <laughs> it's like, it's tough. And I'm like, am I ever going to get a, a fucking break? Like pardon. Like I tried so hard. I had to cuss this whole time, but like, that was me all week. Am I ever going to get a fucking break? How many lifetimes do I have to go through of like suffering? And then I think I'm like, it's, it's just mental because I'm not physically suffering. Yeah. It's, it's like psychologically. And then we are creating that suffering within ourselves by like tapping into that and allowing that to like 
have a hold on us. It's also the way you look at it, because if you can look at your suffering as your lessons, yep, then you're not the victim. Yep. Um, and I've just, I've never really liked being in the role of the victim. Um, even though I kind of have been a victim, but like, I didn't want to be in victimhood. Like I didn't tell, I haven't told a lot of people what's happened with my mom and stuff. I mean, there's a time and place for that. I don't need to tell everyone, but it always felt like, um, a burden that I was going to put on somebody. And actually today, like, um, the word like shame keeps coming up for me. And it's weird. Cause it's like, why should I feel ashamed? I don't know why. <laughs> like, and so I don't know. I, just, I guess I'm just connecting that with the victim piece, you know? Yeah. Shame is a strong emotion and like it's tied to trauma. And if there's certain trauma that's being activated that's associated that's the emotion and that emotion is ready to be cleared it's like hey shame here i want to leave <laughs> help release me yeah and that's when you go in and you look in and you're like okay what what caused you to come here what made you what what invited you in in the first place let's look at that and let's reconcile that within and lovingly let you go because you don't need to be here you are ready to leave and i'm ready for you to leave so let's make that happen. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I, I felt like just um, being able to sort of go through this, my story and put it out there was a part of doing that, just releasing it. Yes. So that's like, I, I felt like re- anytime it's time to release, I always use this. Mm. Even if it's not me. Oh, there's some Facebook. Interesting. So yeah, anytime I do a session with people, I always have this since I got it. Cause like people release so much stuff in past lives. And like the energy itself, like I've seen people have stuff in their throat and they burp or coughed and energy left. Wow. And like it's it's really trapped in our bodies, even from other lifetimes, let alone this one, like the trauma from this lifetime. We have we carry trauma from the other times so we can release it. Yeah. And like yeah. I told you with my like phobia of plants and flowers. When was ancient Rome? How many hundreds of years ago was that that I've been carrying it in my in my like etheric DNA or something to be released in this point in time? Yeah. Like how many lifetimes have I carried that? Or maybe it wasn't activated in other lifetimes. Maybe it's activated now because I know in this life we are here to release all of it. Mm. And that's why it feels like such a heavy burden and like so heavy because if we didn't release it between all the other lifetimes this lifetime is when we're releasing like the majority if not all of it so that we can shift the paradigm and shift into a whole different consciousness yeah well i recently um it was wild with like covid and stuff my uncle was just in a jail they couldn't have trials so it wasn't until um i think it was the end of june mid-june that he just so there wasn't a trial luckily he he before he wouldn't plead guilty um and he wouldn't accept 
the time that we offered him. And so I thought we were going to have to go to trial, but I sort of just was like, it'll come up again, whatever, la di da da life goes on. And then the prosecutor calls me and is like, um, he's willing to plead guilty, but he won't agree to the time. So you're going to need to come here for a trial and we'll have a jury who will decide how much time he gets. And I had an insane trauma response because I didn't want to see him. I didn't want to have to relive the whole experience again. And then it was like a couple of days later, she's like, we'll be calling you to arrange your flight and stuff. She calls me and she says, he actually decided to accept the time. So you don't have to come here and we're going to have your allocution on zoom. So you will be giving him your victim impact statement. Oh, wow. Yeah. Zoom. So I wrestled with, do I go the route of telling him every single thing I've been through or do I like, how do I have compassion? That was it for me. And then like, so I kind of made up my mind. I was like, you know what? Like he, he needs to know everything that this put me through and, um, had it all written down and we get in the zoom meeting with the judge and lawyers and stuff. And he sees me and he just starts bawling. Cause like he, like, I know he loves me. Yes. You know? And like, so it's interesting because, you know, I start crying and then the zoom meeting cuts off. Oh my God. (laughs) And it gave me a few seconds and I went, yeah, I feel sorry for me, but he really feels sorry for himself still. Mm. And so when it came back up, I just was like, I don't feel bad at all telling him. I told him like about my nightmares, about going to my mom's house after, like I told him everything I had to go through. And by the end of it, he was not crying. He was just staring at the floor. Oh wow! And because it's like his whole life, people always just like forgave him and let him off the hook. And he really needed tough fucking love. Like sometimes that's what people need. Like people need the veil ripped off, (laughs) you know? And, uh, so it was interesting after I did that, I felt my mom and my grandmother and I just felt a very sober type of like, good job. And like, I feel like I said, all of these things that they could have never said to him because he probably would have gotten so angry and, and it was just wild. It definitely felt like it was healing for them. You broke Uh, the stigma. Yes. And it's interesting because my friend Stevie had read my chart like years before this. And she said, like, you're here to break the cycle. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think we all, we all are here to break the cycle so it's wild. It's just. We're here to break our own cycles in our families. Yes. Yeah. Our lineages, 100%. And I don't feel like it's every, everyone, but like 
the people yeah. that are doing the work and who consciously choose it. Yeah. We, we're here to break it. Can you imagine if everyone did that though? Oh my God. This well, would we wouldn't be in the situation we're no, in. We right? <laughs> no, we wouldn't. We would but never be at this point. <laughs> there's also that higher perspective too of, of like the dark and the light. Like, are we... I know the last time we talked, we sort of talked about they're just we when we get through this, they're just being light. But is that even possible? Won't there mm-hmm. always be some dark to keep things balanced? But it won't be ruling. Right. That's the problem right now. Yeah. Is that that's what's ruling. It's not balanced. Exactly. It's, it's too much. It's out of control. And when something like that's out of control, it's bound to break like there's let's let's reword this though <laughs> it's not ruling i actually think it's losing oh it's yeah now but that's why it's so oh, ugly <laughs> it's definitely losing but it's been it's had a hold on everything for so long and yeah. now it's losing its power because now the light has been shown on it yeah. So now all this darkness, they could operate in the darkness. Now they can't because there's no more darkness because the light is in every freaking corner lighting this place up and they can't hide it anymore. Yeah. There's no hiding it like in secret. There's no more like secret. Like it's, that's why they're losing and that's why they're turning it up because they're giving it all they've got to hold on to whatever they can because they know they don't have a choice. They know they've already lost. And then like maybe the spiritual realms, they already lost to people say, but like, I, yeah. you know, it definitely feels like the last flailing of something like that's I feel, feel the like. same way yeah it feels like a last something right now like i'm just like it's like at the fireworks you're watching fireworks and at the end the big spectacle before it goes back into like being quiet and calm and no let's more hope, fire. let's hope this is it <laughs> well in this lifetime <laughs> No, but it feels like everything right now definitely feels like uh what's the word for it? Leading up to it. It's, it's a crescendo. Like, that's uh, that's the word that came to me, the crescendo. That's yeah. the word that literally just came to me. That's what it feels like. A thousand percent is what it feels like to me. Yep. And man, it's loud. <laughs> it is. And we just gotta go within and get safe in our bodies. And stand together too and help each other up because like sometimes totally. I'm down in the dumps and someone says something and it helps me and it's mm-hmm. like and I'm there for people too like hopefully some things I say here and there helps people too because like, absolutely sometimes you know we're not perfect and I like I was really hard on myself all week because I'm like god I'm just so sucked in and I can't get out but it's like it just was really triggering and there was a lot of trauma that I just wants to be released and like there's no yeah. need to get hard on myself and plus it's not just me i'm picking up on other people and the collective energy yeah and so that's coming coursing through me too and what i do in the shower is i ask the water to block off and to like close up my aura so no one's perceptions and ideas and words can penetrate through my through my aura and like water is a spirit the spirit of water it's a thing and i every time in the shower i ask for it and like here in nevada which is like has shocked me we have crazy storms here like monsoon type situations that oh, i didn't okay. believe and like fiance's co-workers told us we have monsoons here i'm like a monsoon in nevada what what are you talking about 
and then the trees are almost falling over. There's like floods. There's thunder and lightning for like two weeks in a row. Whoa. And, like, yeah. But like when the storms happen, I go outside and I soak up that electricity and I sit Ooh. there and I charge myself. And like, so I'm like, this is really cool because in California, it didn't really rain. Well, it rained, but there's no thunder and lightning storms at all. And here, thunder and lightning is like, that's like a thing, which I've missed since I lived in Baltimore, but. That's I, interesting. Oh yeah. And I asked like the spirit of the wind to help like clear off other people's thoughts and perceptions off of me. And then I charge myself in that electrical etheric energy that's outside. That's just there. You just stand in it and absorb it and barefoot. Yeah. yeah. And, like, so yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. I had, um, kind of a message come through yesterday about protecting myself too. There, I have this um, Isis Oracle deck I really like. And I have that one. You have, yeah, the Pyramid oh, yeah. of Light. Have you gotten that card? Yeah, I love that card where you like put yourself in a pyramid. And yep. so, yeah, it's getting really intense. It's definitely like, we gotta be really diligent about yes. protecting our energy yes. and putting it where we want it. That's the thing. That's what I get all week too. It's just envision the timeline you want and envision people standing together, just like hugging, I like smiling, embracing each other, rejoicing together, doing a cheers, like envision the unity and happiness of people, even people like all people, people you agree with, people you don't agree with, everyone agreeing at the end. Yeah. Like everyone being together, supporting each other in the end. And that's, that's definitely helping too. I'm like on the other end of like my depression and like the fear cycle I've been in. I'm like completely out of that tunnel finally. And now I can see the other side of it. Just like it fucking sucked me in. Just like yeah. sucked me in there and I was stuck. Oh and yeah. I've God. been there. I, I'm feeling it from a lot of people. I'm hearing a lot of people in it. And I'm just trying to. I, I don't feel in it right now. So I'm trying to help <laughs> where I right. can. And that's the thing. Um, that's yeah. important. If you're not, if people aren't sucked in, count on you to help. <laughs> help. Mm -hmm. But like, I got help from a few friends, just a few words. Just yeah. like, you got this. And I'm like, you know what? I do got this. Yeah. Like, you're right. And it like, you know, that helps. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Man, this week. <laughs> I know it's been wild, but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting just to see like what else unfolds, you know, yeah. I, I'm not going to say what I anticipate because hopefully it doesn't happen. All I'm going to do is focus on what I would like to happen Yeah, and people standing up and people working together yeah. and people embracing each other. And that's like the vision I want to hold in my brain and to keep there. Yeah. So I love it. I think that's a great one. I love what you said about people hugging each other and cheersing and that's great. I yeah. went and spent some time with family a few days ago and it was like, it felt really good. It felt good to just like be with people and go out and have a good time. And I had to sort of, um, you know, keep my mouth shut about some things, but yeah. It, it still just felt so good to be with them. And actually the other thing is sometimes when you, you don't need to say like, there are times to stand in your truth and there are yep. times that you just don't need to. Yep. 
Um, and in this scenario, it was better not to go there and to keep, just keep the vibe high. I know people get annoyed when people are like, oh, keep the vibe high, keep the vibe high. But literally right now, I feel that's very important. Like, I don't think that's always the case. I just think right now, um, the unity is what we need to focus on because the division is already so crazy. Yeah. And it's like, if people are in your face, maybe, you know, stand up or, you know, politely. Yeah. But like, if someone just has this, because like my fiance's parents have that propaganda mindset and they openly just talk about stuff like as if we're all on the same page. And I just don't understand. I just, I don't like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change their mind. And like my fiance sent his mom, because we're in a group chat with me, his mom and him. And she was sending some stuff on there and he just set her straight, like so kind, like not like rude at all. He just laid out simple facts. He's like, this doesn't make sense. And this kind of weird too. She just changed the subject. She couldn't even, she, she couldn't even. She's like, oh yeah. So how's dinner? You guys have a good dinner? Wow. Really That's interesting. Cause really like we've allowed ourselves to get so emotional about all of it. Like what if you could just be like, here are the simple facts. Yeah, you he said like what you want with them. I mean, it's really hard to do. Like, it's also you know, there's so much to go over. But I love hearing that. That's kind of amazing. He did it like in that kind, light-hearted. Like this yeah. is funny. This is also funny. And she just like I, I cannot compute. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> Does not she, get through brainwashing filter. Yeah. No. <laughs> Brainwashing does not allow this perception. Stop it. <laughs> but it's just funny because you're just so sweet and kind about it. Yeah. And it probably planted some kind of seed, whether it's way later when things get bad or maybe things yeah. don't have to get bad. But at some point, we have to have compassion too because then they, they can come to us if they have questions or they know that we're not going to push them away. Yeah. Because like if we are going to impose our things on them, we're not any different. And like they're not going to heal that way. They're yeah. going to heal by seeing us not bothered and being calm and then you know they can they learn from that setting an example yes yeah yeah and the other thing too I love what you said about your fiance because sometimes I do just try to have fun with it a little bit um like I don't know my my husband and I went to this uh thrift store the other day and he found an old dictionary and he's really into like common law and stuff and he has some like legal dictionaries but this was just a regular one so he bought that and there was a old book of synonyms <laughs> so what is that called? I can't even remember a thesaurus he found yeah. a thesaurus too so he bought both of those and uh the guy the cashier was like wow you're really into words huh <laughs> and uh Matt was like, yeah, we got to learn how to break all these spells. Damn. <laughs> like, Damn. It was funny because he was making a funny comment, but it was like expressing himself at the same time. And that's what people are doing. They're doing like a kind way. It's just standing yeah. just in your own perception. Like my one coworker, he, he looks at me like a deer in headlights when I say anything about spirituality, but I'm not going to stop. I'm just like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I'll say something. And he just stares at me like, what are those words? Those, what is that? And I just like that, that's, that's how you express yourself. You just express yourself and just be yourself. Yeah. Yep. Like, 
as long as you're not pushing stuff on people, you're just being lighthearted and you express yeah. yourself. Oh, you can do that's being authentic. Totally. You can't like hide from people and be like, oh, if I use these words, they're not gonna get. I don't care. You don't yeah. have to get. I, I'm done caring. I'm to the point where I'm I'm done caring. Like I'm gonna say what I want to say. I'm gonna share my opinion if people want to know it. Uh, and I'm gonna stand up for whatever I need to stand up for. Um, we're lucky up in New Hampshire, the laws are going our way, um, for the most part. So I, my heart goes out to people who live in harder States. Um, cause that's what it's coming down to. It's coming down to the States to yep. do what they're going to do. And it's just nuts, but yeah, crazy yeah. times. Cause we like, came we here both- for it. <laughs> We both love California so much. We just happen to leave now, like before all this like passport things and that are in the talks and the works are happening. Here we are in Nevada, where it's like Nevada used to be like the Wild West. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> what a place to be. But yeah, we'll see. And there's a lot of people here that would resist it. But like, it's it's really wild to me because I see people, they go in the store, as soon as they come out, they rip the mask off. Yeah. I'm like, why don't you just not wear it inside? Yeah. Just, uh, and I see what's weird to me is I see people who don't even take it off outside and I'm oh, just like, they love oh, they, they love it. Yeah. Oh. That's weirder to me. Cause I'm just like, how can you wear that all the time? You know, like it's hard to breathe and stuff. The people um, in California are there at coffee shop, double mask all day at work with the, like the beans are roasting there because they have a roastery and they're all day steaming milk and doing all these things with double masks and they love it like they they this is this whole time from day one they will not take it off like the people's perception like i, I don't know they're just in fear they're just straight they're just afraid yeah and they think they're being a good person they think right. like i'm a good person by taking these actions because i actually care about people and i want to protect people right. which is like a noble you know that's a noble perception but it's just misguided and it's influenced by not good things yeah yeah well it's it's not um self-guided that's the that's issue. not self-guided i mean i guess it's hard to say that too though because if if but i feel that i feel like it's not so it's not self-guided because not um if you really like did research and you could see what's going on and all the corruption, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be on board. So. And even not just that, but if you could even tune into yourself and feel that something's off, honor that. If you, if inside something doesn't add up, just honor the fact that it doesn't add up. Don't gaslight yourself and be like, oh, well, it's because this, this and that, even though like the feeling won't go away, but like, I'll just try to rationalize it. Right. That's not you're not tuning in, you're not honoring yourself and you're not trusting yourself. And that's what needs to happen because your intuition will always guide you if you listen to it. And it's always in your best interest. Like people can have, what's it called? Advice for you. And that's in there coming from their best interest. But if it's not in alignment with you, it doesn't matter what anyone says because mm-hmm. you know inside you what is best for you. People can oh, have good yeah. intentions for you, but if it's not in alignment with you and your soul, then don't like don't buy into that this is where it gets interesting too though because it's like who's to say that 
what they think are doing is not in alignment with their soul. Like maybe their soul came to play a different role. Yep. Yep. Who knows? You know, yep. like we can't judge. That's the thing. I guess we've got yep. to let go of judgment. And it. I wonder if that's how things will move forward. Like you want to live that way. I want to live this way. You go over there. I go over here. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how, it, how everything works out. But I know that the old systems are breaking down. They're going to get broken down. And I know that it will get somewhere better. I, I can't, I just have to hold that faith that the universe is taking care of us, you know, and that we're, I mean, it's not just the universe, like it's up to us. Like we, yes. we are the ones who have to save ourselves, but I think it's important to, <clears throat> go within and find that intuitive guidance to do that, you know, not to feel like you have to take on this whole giant thing, you know, like that can be overwhelming and scary. So I think it's just about really going within and doing what you need to do for you. And collectively, if we were all doing that, we will get to a good place. Yes. Just trusting ourselves and just, just being authentic, not, not taking on the perceptions of other people, what we need to get done, what we need to do, what we need for success, what we need for a job. Just follow your heart and follow your intuition and take care of yourself and do no harm. Do no yeah. harm to yourself and do no harm to others. Totally. Like, we're getting there. How can it, you argue with that? <laughs> really? You would think. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you would think it's pretty solid, but... Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Light Always Wins. You can find me on Instagram at light.alwayswins. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review and hit subscribe and maybe share with some of your friends. Until next time, remember, light always wins.